And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And we have a program today that I am so excited about because I think it is something that every single person who is online, whether it's for fun, whether it's for business, whether it's a combination of all of those various things, I think it is something that is absolutely critical to everyone because we're going to be talking about online conflicts and how to, you know what, be nice to people. So joining me today is Andrea Weckerly. So welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here. Great. Well, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Andrea founded and leads Civilla Nation, a nonprofit organization dedicated to reducing online hostility, character assassination, and adult cyberbullying. She is the author of the book, Civility in the Digital Age, How Companies and People Can Triumph Over Haters, Trolls, Bullies, and Other Jerks. She previously worked in the Legal Management Services Division of a global professional services firm, helping to design, develop, and implement comprehensive alternative dispute resolution systems for Fortune 500 firms. She also underwent extensive mediation training, earning certificates in commercial mediation and conflict resolution processes. In addition to her Juris Doctorate degree, she holds an MA in Public Relations, Conflict Analysis, and Resolution. So again, Andrea, welcome. Thank you. Great, great. Well, let's just jump in. You know, why did you even start this company? Well, uh I started it back in, uh, well, the germ of the idea came to me right around uh, 2007, 2008. Mm -hmm. And I have to backtrack about another two years. And that was to 2006 when I started blogging. And what happened back then was um, when I started blogging, I was able to meet people from all over the world, people from different industries and fields and cultures and countries. And all of these people were really interested in sharing ideas, debating issues issues of the day and collaborating in a way that mm-hmm. had previously only been available face to face, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I noticed back then was that regardless of whether it was on a blog or an online forum or some other place, there was always somebody, some contingent that seemed to want to wreak havoc. Uh, and they did this for fun. They wanted to attack right. other people for fun. Um, and around the same time, I discovered the work, and I, I'm really plugging uh, this professor because I think his work is brilliant, uh, Dr. John Suler of Ryder University, and he coined a term that's really important, and it's called the online disinhibition effect. And perhaps you've heard of it. Mm. And that means that basically people um, say and do things online that they wouldn't ordinarily do in face-to-face communication. And some of this can be really good and some of this can be really bad, as those Mm -hmm. of us who've spent any time online will see. 
And so then what happened is I was blogging 2006, did this for a few years, but over the next several years, I was hearing about and meeting adults who were the targets of online attacks. And I have to say that some of these people were everyday folks, but also people that you would have heard about in the news. And I started wondering, really, why is nobody doing anything to put a stop to this? We're always talking about how great, um, so this is before the term social media really became popular, but uh, mm -hmm. we were already interacting with people here we are plugging this and saying this is a new way of communicating, but we're not dealing anything with the culture of the online uh, arena necessarily. And so then one day after I again said, hey, really, somebody needs to do something about this. Somebody needs to do something about this. I decided to found Civil Nation. Right. Well, and it's it's interesting because you, know, you, you mentioned the fact that people feel like they can do and say everything. It's, it's like we think that our computer monitor is a shield. And it and, and or maybe maybe it's more a one way mirror where we can do what we want, but people can't see us so we can do whatever we want or say whatever we want. And if anything, it's gotten worse than gotten better. Well, you know, it, and I, I, I have I have friends on both sides of the spectrum on this particular issue. When you're talking about has it gotten worse, has it gotten better? Um, mm -hmm. I think in some ways it has gotten worse. And the reason it's gotten worse is because we have more people online. We need to look at the right. reason before that. We have a lot more people online, millions upon mm -hmm. millions of people. That's a great thing. Um, but with more people online, it also means that there is more opportunity to get into each other's hair, to say things that shouldn't be said said to behave in a way that people shouldn't be behaving. Um, and mm -hmm. again, something that we'll probably talk about a little bit later in today's program is um, we talk a lot about the technological uh, opportunity that we have and giving internet access to everybody in the globe, both for mm -hmm. so, uh, social purposes and business purposes and so forth. But we don't talk enough about the culture. And by culture, what I mean is the social norms that we have. You know, if, mm -hmm. if you and I are taking a walk uh, outside, for example, and somebody spit on the ground on the sidewalk. It, mo more often than not, we'd say, well, you know, that person really needs to learn proper manners. Right. But if we do mm -hmm. the equivalent online, a lot of people just shrug their shoulders saying, eh, it's the online arena. But that's not the way mm -hmm. it should be. The online culture should reflect what we consider acceptable in the offline culture as well. Right. And, and I think that's key because I do see that all the time. You know, there are people who I see their posts, I see things they share, and whether I actually know them or not, you do think, would they say that to that person in real life? And you know they wouldn't. But, you know, they it's it's just kind of become habit or common you know, common activity that you post without even thinking about it. Exactly. And and one of the things that I always find surprising is, um, again, a lot of people are on social media. They're on Twitter or Facebook or any of the other social networks, uh, Pinterest and so forth. And it's really great that we have people engaged. I think in the long run, we're all going to benefit from that. Um, but that that's mm -hmm. not going to happen today and that's not going to happen tomorrow. But here's the thing. Let's say somebody in back, back in 2006, blogging was very popular. Now people tend to veer a little bit more towards the social networks. But one of the things that I always find astounding is when somebody says something online, let's say it's Twitter, and they don't have a lot of followers and they don't have a lot of people that they're following, but they'll, they'll make a comment about a topic that's in the news or that that's a hot button issue. And then uh, other people react to it poorly. Um, people are surprised. Wow, I can't believe that somebody actually paid attention to what I was saying. And right. I'm thinking, well, 
you posted it publicly <laughs> online. How can you not know? But I, I only my family and my friends look at this, and that's a, that's a relatively small circle. I'm like, but you posted it online. Anybody right. can find it. Anybody does find it. And mm-hmm. if somebody wants to criticize you because of it, they will. So. Again, it goes to your point. Um, we need to be aware of what we're doing online. Otherwise, let's just stick to the to the uh, face-to-face communication. But if it's online, mm-hmm. it means it is there for the entire world to see. Right. You know, and that's one of the things that I always tell people when I'm doing my trainings and things is there's no such thing as personal and private. You know, it's you're using a public website for one thing. You know, and 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 you know, there's obviously all sorts of legal ramifications with that, but. You know, you I, I you never know. It's it's not always who you're connected to, but it's who they're connected to. So maybe you did do a Facebook post, and it was you know you you got a little inebriated over the weekend, and you posted some pictures that you shouldn't have, but you only posted them to your friends. Okay, so you're thinking you're safe, <laughs> but then that friend does a right click on that photo and saves it, exactly. and then shares it with people. And and you know it's it, and I think that's where people often get messed up is they. Do think, well, I'm only in my quote, quote, private space. And so it's okay for me to post things there. And they totally forget that there's, you know, there's screenshots. Heck, if somebody does know how to do that, they can use their, their camera and take a picture of it. I mean, you know, if it's there, it's there. Exactly. Exactly. Um, It's, it's a huge concern of mine, the lack of awareness that, uh, a certain segment of the public appears to have with regard to this. I mean, mm-hmm. I always tell people, let's not be paranoid. Let's not sit there and and, and live in your bomb shelter necessarily, mm-hmm. because that's a bad quality of life. But you have to be reflective and you have to be self-aware and you have to think ahead. ahead. What could the fact that I'm posting X, Y, Z what effect could this have a year from now, two years right. from now, five years from now? That's very, very difficult. It's difficult for me even to think about that. You know, mm-hmm. what, what will I care about what I'm posting today, 10 years in, in, from now when I'm in a different stage of life? Mm-hmm. But it's really, really critical. It's it's critical. It's especially critical, I think, for uh, people who... Um, the digital generation, so to speak, the, mm-hmm. the people, um, the children of, of the ages of children like my kids, for example, who only lived in the internet age and then coming up and realizing, well, wait a minute, I'm just chatting with my friends on text or I'm just posting Mm -hmm. something on Facebook, assuming they're 13 and over, because we know Mm -hmm. nobody under 13 is, of course, on Facebook. Of course not. (laughs) Right. Or any of these other things, you know, what repercussions is it going to have? And time and Mm -hmm. time again, um, we see examples of young people or young adults posting something and then um, either uh, having some sort of censure at the university, if, if it's university related, not getting into college or being terminated by their job because employers can terminate people for no reason at all, assuming it's not a protected class like race gender, right, and right. so forth. Um, so, yeah, so so I see this all the time and it's, it's a big concern of mine. You really need to think about how is this going to impact you? And it's hard to impart that idea on young people they're like well I'm just out there having fun as you said uh, maybe I went out I'm, I'm of legal drinking age I went out um, I drank and then a friend of mine took a picture of me sprawled out on the floor mm-hmm. wow and how is that going to look for you uh, if it gets passed around your social circle and then you're applying for your first job yeah right. uh, Sally Sue or Joe Smith mm, well you know maybe they didn't show uh, critical thinking skills. Maybe did, they didn't show the maturity they, they, uh, we want them to show. What happens if they're at the office party and they drink too much and they're on the floor? All of these things can impact mm-hmm. somebody's uh, livelihood and future. Well, and 
people are continually looking at prior posts. Um, you know, I see that every day where somebody is posting, you know, or commenting about a photo or post or something that happened months, weeks, years ago. You know, I had somebody comment on a photo that I posted three years ago. And for one thing, I'm thinking, what the heck were they doing looking? But, you know, I, I obviously don't post anything. I, I always do the rule of, you know, it's the grandmother rule. If my grandmother would see the post, she would need to think it's okay. And so, you know, but, but people look back through those and they especially look back through your old posts, you know, or tweets or, or whatever's when they're, you know, you're getting ready to go to college, when they're getting ready to hire you and, or maybe work with you, become a business associate and, and, you know, so you have to be aware of those things. And it was, I, I gave a presentation last week and one of the things we talked about, uh, it was, it was for public safety officials. And we were talking about obviously online privacy. Mm -hmm. And I told them, I said, now, you know, my privacy settings are more open than what I normally suggest, but that is because of what I do. And, and I said, you know, at least have your settings at friends of friends on Facebook or friends. Mm -hmm. And, and then I told him, I said, now here's the tricky thing. If you change those, it's not retroactive. So maybe you had it set at public for now, and then you go into the job market or you do whatever, and you change your privacy settings to, to tighten them up. It doesn't go back to those old posts and change that setting, you know, and, and if you, you, you have to go back in and change them individually or delete the post or do whatever. And that really surprised people. They thought that, you know, if they changed their privacy settings, it, completely and totally changed everything. Right. And wouldn't it be great if Facebook actually uh, instituted it that way? That would be really right. wonderful, but it doesn't. And so because um, because of these, these things changing over time, we do need to be aware of that. Um, mm -hmm. And so, so what did they say? Were they what, the people that you spoke to? Did they sit there and say, okay, now we're going to post differently, have a different approach to it? Or were they just all agasp? It was kind of a combination. And now they were, they were communications people okay. in public safety. So, you know, they were very current with, with the information, you know, to, to, uh, as much as they could be. And, and, you know, they have very specific policies and guidelines that they have to follow for, you know, for their own safety and for other things like that. So they were pretty good, but, you know, when I've told other people, Hey, you know, your privacy settings don't change your, your prior things. Some people have, have thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm in big trouble. And, you know, and then it comes back to the fact I just tell people don't put it out there if you don't want it seen. Right. I, I also have um, I, I'm on a, a few social networks, Facebook, one of them. And I have friends on there who are sometimes going through some hard times. As mm -hmm. we all do, it's life. Um, but sometimes they post things that are very, very personal, and right. and uh, that's fine. And they are certainly safe with me because I figure if somebody tells me something, I'm not uh, under, mm -hmm. uh, except for a court order, for example. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to mm -hmm. go tell somebody somebody else's business. But they mm -hmm. share things, and uh, they will have a lot of friends on there. Uh, you know, more than twenty, more than thirty, forty mm -hmm. that are within this this thread, for example. The, the, meaning, you know, you how you can adjust your privacy. Sets, right? right the circle and so their inner circle will be relatively large and it's exactly mm -hmm. what you talked about the circles right my inner mm -hmm. circle may be i don't know 20 and then that that goes out and out and out the ripple effect and so ultimately mm -hmm. my my circle becomes much bigger and they share these things and then sometimes and i saw this just this past week somebody saying well wait a minute uh something that they had posted on facebook that was a of a private matter somebody else mentioned in a different context on another um social network and it and it was mm -hmm. a friend of theirs, but they were very aghast about that. They said, well, wait a minute, whatever I post on here should not be shared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an ideal 
case, but they said, I share things on here because I'm having a difficult time right now. I'm going through some personal problems, but I wish people wouldn't share it. That's, I think that's completely <laughs> unrealistic. It's right. ideal. It's nice. And certainly I don't, because again, I wouldn't want somebody sticking their nose into my business, but if it's mm -hmm. online, there's no guarantees. And that again, mm -hmm. goes to your point. And it just, it makes me very sad and scared when people are posting these things that somebody who has ill intention well, then take, or what if you have a falling out with somebody? Right? You have mm -hmm. a falling out later and they say, well, wait a minute. Uh, they posted online that they were on, I don't know, some sort of medication for some sort of disorder. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bias that we have in the work environment about people with particular disabilities. And if you post that willy-nilly online, uh, on the one hand, it raises awareness about the issue. On the other hand, mm -hmm. somebody can misuse it and use it against you. Right. Well, and then, of course, there's that funny little thing called context. You know, so you, somebody might be posting, and, and this frequently happens on Twitter when you start getting these long streams going, where you don't really know what started the conversation. You know, we even if somebody puts LOL or, you know, all of those little things, were they really being funny? Were they being sarcastic? Were they being a devil's advocate? Right. You know, when you're only seeing, it's, it's kind of like you walk into a room and you just get bits and pieces of a conversation. You don't know what's going on. And and that's, I think, sometimes where people really get tripped up is they, they might have been posting a joke or maybe later they posted an apology or, you know, a retraction or things like that. And you miss all of those things. Exactly. And I think uh, context, as you said, is really key. But one of the things that you mentioned is a joke, for example. And, and it's mm -hmm. very, humor translates very poorly overall, in my opinion, in the online realm. You've got right. to understand the context. You've got to under, it's, sometimes it's even a cultural issue. You know, what, what is mm -hmm. considered humorous in one particular culture may not be in, a, in another. Um, mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I think we really need to look at as a global society. And one of the things we need to be teaching our children and also all adults is digital literacy um, mm -hmm. and, and how digital literacy um, connects with social media. Uh, and critical thinking is a core part of digital literacy. So if we see something online, we we think about, as you mentioned, let's look at the context. And so what we need to do is look at things like examining the source of the information, right? Where mm -hmm. did this come from? Examining authorship, examining right. the credibility and so mm -hmm. forth. Um, you know, is, is what somebody's saying a credible source? Who is saying this? What could be their motivation behind saying it? And where did they mm -hmm. get this statement? Uh, things get passed on so quickly online uh, that sometimes we don't know if it's true or not. The rumor mill, uh, first of all, the, the gossip, the gossip press, and I say press because that's an antiquated term, but, but mm -hmm. the online sites that just try to get content out there for page views that are basically gossip sites, uh, they don't mm -hmm. care that much about accuracy or inaccuracy. No. And yet people, even intelligent people, will look at these sources, reference them and say, wait a minute, they send it out there. And then they have a, a group of people that follow them, for example, or that listen to mm -hmm. them. And it gets passed on like this. So each, every single one of us, each of us needs to take responsibility and say, wait a minute, you need to look at information that's being posted online and, and, and examine it according to some of the criteria that I was just mentioning. Right. You know, and, and it's funny because I actually had fact check written on my notes for this program and, you know, circled and underlined. Right. <laughs> because that, that is one of the problems is people, they hit share, they hit like, you know, and, and obviously we're talking about Facebook, but same thing happens on Twitter. And, and we think, oh, Andrea shared this article. She's obviously fact checked it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I trust her. Yeah. 
but you know, it, sometimes we get caught up in things and, and, you know, I'm, I'm just using your name as an example because I've done that with everybody where I've thought, oh, you know, they must've checked the source out. And then I realized later, oops, um, you know, and, and sometimes it, it was a valid article, but maybe it was several years old or, you know, it, it was from TMZ and, oh, you know, it's it, okay. If I know it's from TMZ, that's totally, or the onion. I love it when people think that the onion is, is. A, a real media source. Oh, um, I love the onion. It, it, oh, it's brilliant yes. writing and it, uh, it points out the foibles of humanity to a certain extent. Right. It is, and it, and they pick on everybody, basically they mm -hmm. pick on everybody. Right. So it's equal opportunity, but yeah, I agree. I agree about that. The onion, some people actually believe that. And then they become outraged online mm -hmm. and they'll, can you believe this was said? And I'm like, Oh, mm -hmm. it's from the onion. Right, right. And, and, you know, because that little part is a tiny little part of the article sometimes depending on, on how it gets shared. Mm -hmm. And, and then, of course, we, you know, we have the lovely Snopes and, and things like that, who they do have an agenda, but they're pretty good about doing fact checking. And so I always tell people, and, and if I see something that they have posted that is inaccurate, I do try and, and say something, you know, and, and how do you do that? Uh, you know, how do you, um, well, I try and be polite. I mean, you know, that's the, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, sometimes it, it obviously depends on, on what it is. Yeah. If it's, you know, maybe somebody posted, Hey, Facebook is now changing their settings and everybody's going to have to pay for it and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> then I will say, Oh, wait, no, you know, little, little misinformation here. You know, if I have to post a source to it, some things like that. There have also been times where I've gone back to people in a private message and said, Please, you know, you, you might want to think about actually deleting that post mm -hmm. because even though somewhere in the comments, somebody said, oops, this isn't correct. We don't go back and read those comments. And so then it's this kind of self-perpetuating type of thing. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. I, I, I try to do the same thing. If somebody posts something, I say, oh, this is, I'll, I'll leave a comment, for example, and I'll post a link. I say, this is the information I found. And then mm -hmm. with a link and they say, it seems to contradict what was posted above. Maybe this is new or whatever. Do it in a very polite way because my intention is not to make the original mm -hmm. poster look bad, but simply right. to inform people. Um, and mm -hmm. I, like you, I also use the... Um, the message function, the, the private communication uh, quite liberally. I tend to do that maybe a little bit even more than leaving a public comment only because mm -hmm. I want to engage with the person who posted right. something and I want them to be aware of. It. And I, again, I don't want to out them, so to speak, make them look bad, mm -hmm. but say, Hey, let's, let's fix what you posted online. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and for the most part, you know, and, and we, we've talked about the fact that there are people who are obviously malicious. There are people who think this is fun to, to do all of this, but and and maybe I'm Pollyanna, but I think for the most part, people are wanting to be helpful. They want to provide good information and, and good sources. And, you know, if they have something wrong, well, they, they want to fix it. I agree. I agree. I think I think most people have a good heart, so to speak. I know that sounds Pollyannish, mm -hmm. too, but uh, they have a good heart and they want to do the right thing. But sometimes they get swept up. Mm -hmm. in, in the urgency or the energy of, of social media, um, right. that sort of thing. And there's also the the fact that a lot of people are online because they either need um, it because they either conduct business there and they need page mm -hmm. views. And so it becomes a race to who can be first with information mm -hmm. or because maybe they're isolated or maybe they go, don't get a whole lot of validation at home or in their workplace. Right. And so they try to find it online. And I think that's where people can make mistakes. They can, they can make mistakes um, unfortunately. And that's where uh, others of us, others need to step up and say, well, wait a minute, this information isn't quite correct, or let's try to veer mm -hmm. the conversation in a different, more productive direction. Right, right. Well, you know, then there are those people 
who are mean, who are nasty, who, who, you know, for whatever reason, think it's fun. Um, you know, and, and sometimes they actually are trying to do it in a way to, to help, but they do cause problems. And that's, you know, that's really what we want to talk about. So, you know, is online conflict bad, good? You know, how, how do we really define if there might be a problem? Um, <laughs> some of that is, is, you know it when you see it, but no, mm -hmm. on, online conflict isn't bad. And th this is a question that I'm asked a lot because obviously a civilian nation is trying to minimize online hostility and conflict. And so I say, no, it's not really conflict that's bad. Uh, mm -hmm. And we need to remember that it's, unavoidable. I mean, we are human beings and we are going to have different differences of opinions about certain things. Um, so it's really impossible to eliminate conflict entirely. But the really important thing here to remember is that it's not the fact that conflict exists, but mm -hmm. what happens afterwards, namely if right. it's unresolved conflict, unresolved mm -hmm. conflict that negatively interferes with something people believe that's really important. Um, mm -hmm. And that's when it becomes really bad, that's when people uh, get very, very upset about things. Um, they will sit there and feel that their identity is being attacked or their morality, their ethics and so forth. So no, conflict isn't bad. It's what we do with it and how we react to it. Right. Well, and, and obviously conflict is how we make changes, you know, both positive and negative. Exactly. You know, somebody points out this, this is, this is not working. <laughs> Why don't we try something different? And, and of course, then there's the extremes of they're, they're giving good and then they're giving bad. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it does amaze me. And, and I see posts all the time and I think, do people not understand how they're coming across? Um, you know, it came back to what we were talking about at the start. You wouldn't go up and say some of those things to people in person, uh, you know, and, 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 and we vent and that tends to be one of those things that I see happen a lot online, especially on Facebook is somebody will vent about something, mm -hmm. but it, it's that take two steps back. And, and, um, we, I mentioned the title of your book, civility in the digital age. You've actually got information in here on how to kind of tamp down that anger and that immediate knee-jerk reaction. Oh, you mean the, the chapter on anger management? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know it's really, really interesting because um, th that's, that's a big part of dealing with online conflict, knowing, you know, how to control ourselves. It was interesting because as I was writing that chapter, I delved into the research and uh, I learned a lot myself. But again, I think the, the, starting point for that is, and again, hopefully some of your listeners will uh, find interest in some of these things we're mentioning from the book and want to want to read it at length because it goes into a lot more detail than we can do here during our show. Right. But um, one of the most important things it, to remember is that uh, anger is a normal human emotion. Again, yes. sort of like conflict, we can't eradicate it. Uh, if we do, it becomes a suppressed emotion and that's going to uh, erupt in really nasty ways down the line. So that's not the mm -hmm. issue. It's like, how do we express anger and what are we angered about? Uh, mm -hmm. Anger can serve a very productive um, purpose in saying, okay, what's going on right now? Make me aware of either a threat or something that I want to change. Mm -hmm. But the very first place it has to start are with is with ourselves. And I think that's the point you're trying to get at as well, which is not, oh my goodness, I can read something online. And this happens to me and, and I work in this field. I read some things online and I have to spend a lot of time reading things that I, that do make me upset because they're negative, they're hostile, they're just ugly, mm -hmm. ugly, the, the worst side of human uh, of humanity. 
but I read that and I say, okay, well, now what am I going to do about that? Uh, am I going to make myself sick? You know, am I going to make myself upset? Am I going to lash out online or what do I, what do I do? So we mm-hmm. need to learn how to manage our own emotions uh, mm-hmm. online. If nothing else, if we do nothing else, manage our own emotions. And that is already going to take down the degree of craziness that we find right. online. It's got to start with us. And it sounds mm-hmm. unfair because if somebody's saying something online, somebody uh, you know, who's, I was going to name their name, but I don't want to give them any air talk, <laughs> you know, so some, some thing, that entity that calls itself a, a church, but really isn't. And like, so right. Mm-hmm. Pro- those people, yeah, th- yeah. those, those really horrible people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they sit there and I read it, that about that, and let's say I vent, I vent um, online Mm-hmm. It feeds into what they want to hear. They yes. want to get into a fight. They want to sit there because once I have become, once my mind has imploded and I'm so angry that I can't think straight and and control myself anymore, they've won. They've gotten right. me to the point where I have lost control over myself. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see online. So I tell people, you know what? It's not that sometimes your anger isn't valid. It can be extremely valid. But please, please learn how to manage it and, and learn how to control how you're going to manifest Manifest that frustration online instead of just them screaming expletives and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and and it's funny because you, I tell people, you in many cases when you're getting ready to send that snarky response, whether it's an email, whether it's online, there's probably that little voice that goes in your head. Pay attention to that little voice. You know, it's telling you don't press that button. Right. And sometimes that is all it takes is to write the post. And then delete it. (laughs) Right. You, you got it out. You took your deep breaths. And you know, there are times where, and and I've actually only ever done this once where I engaged with somebody and the little voice was telling me, and I, you know, I ignored it. Now I was polite. He was not. Mm -hmm. And, and I took it several steps, you know, and, and, and then of course it, you know, it was one of those that got under my skin. Yeah, of course. I just couldn't let it go. Couldn't let it go. And it really was only like four communications back and forth. So this wasn't all that bad. But <clears throat> it was with somebody back in, in Denver who was picking, you know, p- taking pot shots at my beloved University of Colorado Buffaloes. Oh. Um, and, you know, and, and he actually had some very valid points, yeah. which that was part of why we got into the discussion. Well, then it degraded. And, you know, and, and I tried to keep it nice and civil and, and all sorts of things. And then he really got into to being mean and nasty. Yeah. And I couldn't let it go. <laughs> you know, yeah. It was just... But my response was, oh, my gosh. And, and you know, this was what I posted. Oh, you know, somewhere along these lines. Oh, my gosh. This has been a great conversation. I can't wait until I can take you to coffee the next time I'm in Denver and we continue it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's great. Then it's great. Then what could he say? I mean, you know, if he came back at me again, he really was the smaller person. Um, now, it wasn't much longer after that that he unfriended me, which I thought was funny. Um, but it was, you know... It, it, I never should have got into the discussion mm-hmm. with him. I should have just let it go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are those times where that happens and, and we see that. And, and unfortunately, it, it does happen. And here's something that, that I try to live by um, and that I also recommend to people. Again, we all are all human beings. We all mm-hmm. hold deep and passionate beliefs about the things that are important to us. And, and that mm-hmm. your example illustrates that, you know, the college you went to, you didn't want to hear somebody bashing that. But right. 
sometimes people sit there, certain people have a greater need or desire to dominate and have power over others. And their way of doing that is by trying to minimize, degrade, attack, you know, fill in the blank, whatever other similar Mm -hmm. word, uh, and doing that to others online. And when you engage with them and they can attack you, it doesn't even have to be factually correct, but they'll sit there, well, Mm -hmm. you're stupid, you're ugly, your college sucks, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Of course, I mean, immediately, immediately, our, our brains are in overdrive going, I can't believe they said that. And we go into the fight, flight or freeze mode. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us online will go into the fight mode. And I I try to say, okay, if your goal, if, if, if you're to the point where you're like, I really just want to smack this person around, not literally, of course, but I really yes. want to put them in their place. The Mm -hmm. way to do that is by not letting them win. And the way you don't let them win is by not losing your cool. Again, it sounds Mm -hmm. counterintuitive, but you are not going to win an argument with somebody whose goal is just to to want to see you lose your cool Mm -hmm. by going back and forth, back and forth. That's giving them exactly what they want. Sit there and, Mm -hmm. and either don't engage or sit there and engage as minimally as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's what I try to do as well. I will not play the game that somebody wants to play because it's not a winnable game. Um, People who do things like that, they're not really in, and, and I'm generalizing here because we would have to talk about, about specifics, but a lot of the times people are not interested in the truth about a matter. Uh, They're Mm -hmm. interested in the end result, which is winning or making Mm -hmm. you upset. And that that's an unreasonable, uh, unreasonable position. So you can't sit there. If you debate facts and you say, well, wait a minute, my college is this and this, or you're correct about that, but it's good because of other reasons. Again, I don't know the specifics of what you talked about. The person Mm -hmm. may not be interested in that. They just want to see, they just want to make you uh, unstable in this, in this arena. Mm -hmm. Um, and so one, one of the things, and this, this reminds me of something else you were mentioning, this exchange you had with somebody on social media, you know, a lot of the, and we talked about conflict a little bit earlier about conflict, online conflict, not necessarily being bad and that, that it could be an avenue towards productive uh, change. Um, but there are generally four categories, uh, and, and I'm sure you know this too, because of the book, but there's generally four conflict issue categories, and it's important to know what those are as well. And those are content based personality based mm-hmm. power based and identity based and those can overlap but it's 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 interesting to, to put those or it's useful to put those into four different buckets so that you can analyze them and try to figure out okay if this is a conflict i'm going to try to effectively manage how do i categorize it and, mm-hmm. and uh, again it may have been in in your case that again i don't know the specifics but the the college example it was partly content-based because you disagreed mm-hmm. what the person was saying, but also identity-based. You know, right. you come from this place, you care about this place, you support it, and how dare this individual have said something that's just mm-hmm. mean and unfair, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, and and those different uh, categories actually deal with how you end up dealing with it. You know, the the personality one tends to be the one where we're, we're immediately, oh my gosh, I have to protect myself and defend everything. But, you know, it's... it. it it really is helpful to stop and think about it. You know, why did somebody post that? What were they getting out of it? Um, you know, were they were they really just trying to have a good discussion and didn't post it right? You know, did they provide misinformation, all of those various things? And 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 it comes back to exactly what we were saying. Stop and take a breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, re, you know, it, it if it really gets you hot under the collar, you really should not respond. Um, you know, I've, I've had people, I had somebody call me an idiot several times online. Um, and 
it was like, really? And and it was somebody that I didn't know. This was in a bigger discussion and this person just started calling me an idiot. And, right. and I said, okay, leaving this conversation now. <laughs> right. And, and good for you. Good for you because it can be very hard. I mean, it's hard for me. Like I said, and I work in this realm. It's hard for me. Mm-hmm. If somebody were to say to me, uh, you know, you're an idiot. And, and I, I have been called all sorts of nasty things online. Oh, yes. um, and, and it's, it's, it's hard to hear because I try to be reasonable. I try to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a difference between saying, well, Deb, you made an idiotic statement, which again, would yes. not, I would mm-hmm. not recommend saying it like that because no, no, but you are not mm-hmm. going to sit there and go, oh, thank you, Andrea, for telling me my statement was idiotic. <laughs> let me bow mm-hmm. down to your, you know, your wisdom and let me change my ways. You're going to go, who the heck does she think she is? Right. Mm-hmm. She said, like, you know, so I would maybe say, well, I disagree with your statement because if I'm going to be that direct, um, but to mm-hmm. call you an idiot, I mean, again, it, it, it doesn't cease to amaze me what people, what I, I, I've always wonder what do people think they're going to get out of saying that again, if they're just right. trying to vent, then I think they need to go back to kindergarten and mm-hmm. get some control over themselves because, you know, in, in a society where we have to coexist, whether we want to or not going out and immediately smacking somebody like that, it's not going to be mm-hmm. very effective. It's, it's, it's not going to help us coexist positively. Um, right. And if they want you to, you know, suddenly, change your position you're not going to if you've been lambasted like that mm-hmm. right well, well and, and then we have that little phenomenon and and this is something that i really want to talk about is the fact that you know people will say i can say anything i want online because i have freedom of speech mm-hmm. now you're an attorney I don't play an attorney on TV. I'm not <laughs> but, but you are an attorney. So explain to us what free speech is, because I think there is a, a very big misperception that free speech is everything. You really could do and say anything you want without any ramifications. And that's not the case. So talk to us about, you know, just, a, and, and I realize this is like, you know, a semester long course, but you know, what, why doesn't free speech always pertain on social media? Um, well, in the United States, we're very, very lucky to live in this country where we have strong freedom of speech protections. Mm-hmm. And anybody who uh, listens or reads the news knows that the same freedoms do not exist in other parts of the world. And right. that's very, very sad. That having been said, and and I, I, I want to say that I cannot dispense any legal advice yes, because I, I'm not even allowed to do it. I'm not allowed mm-hmm. to do that. That would mean we are entering in some sort of attorney-client uh, relationship. Yep. And but, no money has changed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that having been said, we do have very broad protections, but it is mm-hmm. not true. It is absolutely not true, not even in this country, that you can say and do anything that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, there are freedom of speech limitations. You can't, for example, threaten violence uh, with the intent of putting someone at risk for, uh, you know, injury, bodily harm, for example, or death. You you can't do that. Um, You do not have a legal right or constitutional right, I should say in this case, to uh, tell lies that um, damage somebody's reputation. Uh, You can't defame somebody. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to do that. Um, And again, it goes back to the intentionality of the speaker. If I make a statement or, or whether it's an opinion. For example, if I were to say, um, you know, my landlord is stupid, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's an opinion and it's not very right. nice, uh, but I'm allowed to say it, freedom of speech. But if I were to say my landlord is stupid because she sits there and she embezzles funds, 
Uh-huh. Um, wow. You know, that has been accusing somebody then of criminal uh, wrongdoing. Uh, that mm-hmm. could go into a defamation. Uh, she, she could sue for defamation, for example, there. Or if I say, if I make it very, very specific and I say, wow, uh, Deb, and I, on, I send you a private message on Facebook and I said, you know what? I know where you live. Uh, your show is really grating on me. I, I had a horrible experience. I'm going to come and destroy your business and your reputation. And I'm going to come there. And this is what I'm going to do on this and this day. I'm mm-hmm. very specific about it then. Uh, I talk about my intent is very clear to actually right. uh, hurt you. Those are not protected. Uh, that's not protected speech. I'm not allowed mm-hmm. to do it. I can't. Uh, if, if, however, I would send you a message and I would say something along the lines of, you know what, uh, I'm going to go and get you. You're mm-hmm. really, really going to be sorry you did that to me. It's going to put you in fear, most certainly. Um, right. Especially if I repeat it and I say, yeah, you know, you just wait. I'm going to come get you. But that is necess- not necessarily, you can't necessarily do anything about it uh, because it's mm-hmm. not very specific. It's me right. venting and it is me being horrific and maybe putting mm-hmm. you in a in a feeling of terror. But that would be protected. So in the United States, we have very broad protections and a lot of that can be good. But I, I want to I really want to emphasize this point. We talk a lot about the rights that we have in the United States, and, and I believe in those rights. But what mm-hmm. we don't do enough um, the, neither the law does this, the, nor nor society does this. We don't talk about the responsibilities because here, yes. here you and I are talking about what freedom of speech do we have? Yeah, and I and and um, can I say a bad word online or is um, okay. not one of George Carlin's? Oh, no, okay. So so <laughs> I, I'll try to sanitize it. Um, being a whole with an A in the front. Of it. Okay, it. okay, all right. So yeah, so you are allowed to be that. You, mm-hmm. you can be that online. You can be that mm-hmm. in the United States. There's nothing right. against being that. And again, maybe some of that is good because my definition of what a person is in that category might be different than yours, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I can be unpleasant, uh, but mm-hmm. I can't overstep the bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, the part is we focus so much about my rights are, and you hear this all the time and I get so tired of it. My right is, my right is I get to be a jerk. I get to be a hole with the a-hole. You know, I get mm-hmm. to do all of these things. How about we talk about Less of that, but the part about what is my responsibility, given the right. fact that I have all of this, uh, you know, uh, um, freedom of speech in this country. How mm-hmm. about that? Does, shouldn't the bar um, be raised because of that? Shouldn't I say, because I'm allowed to do that, I have to hold it so dear and not try to abuse it. I don't see people doing that nearly enough. And that's really, really what bothers me. I, I don't know your mm-hmm. feelings on that, Deb, but how do you feel about it, that? It does. You know, and, and, and it especially bothers me more when it's a celebrity who has a, a huge following and, you know, and, 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 you know, celebrities love Twitter for whatever reason. I think it's because it's so fast and so easy and they can reach so many people, but they don't always fact check. They send stuff out. Um, you know, one of the examples that you gave in your book was when Spike Leap incorrectly yeah. posted an address right. for who he thought was George Zimmerman, you know, when, when everything was happening in Ferguson, right. it was the wrong address. He, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't fact check, but he has hundreds of thousands of followers that it got retweeted, all of these things. The poor people who were there had to leave their home, you know, and, and of course, several minutes, moments, hours, days later, he posted a, a retraction, but by then the damage was done. 
And, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're somebody who has hundreds of thousands of followers or 20, you know, cyberbullying and not checking your information and doing all of those things is the same, whoever you are. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. We really need to take, and that goes back to the responsibility thing I was just mentioning. We need to Mm -hmm. take more responsibility for both our actions and anticipate what people might be doing with that information. I mean, we shouldn't sit there and, and, um, become frozen in place and afraid to do something, but right. we really need to look at it. Just sit and think about it. That's the point you, you keep making. Think before you post, think before you mm-hmm. post. I agree. Think about the repercussions. Who might misinterpret this? How might they misinterpret it? Try to be clear. And if there is something wrong that was posted, try to clarify that, but be very careful in your language. Just don't, just don't go out there and post and post and post because not everybody is going to see the correction or they're not going to care or they're going to, you know, in the example you you brought with with uh, Spike Lee, you know, once an address is out there to the wrong place. I mean, these people were in fear for life. He, mm-hmm. to his credit, he was mortified that he had posted the yes. wrong address. And he, he immediately tried to correct that and said, I am so sorry. He felt really, really bad. That's great. That's Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay. So I don't think there was any intentionality on his part to try to have the wrong people uh, get chased around or anything like that. But at the same time, we can't sit there. It's it's the rush to publish instead of the rush to be to, to have factual information. And if we all just sit there and take a minute and say, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, is my information correct? I think we're going to be able to avoid a lot of this. Right. You know, and and one of the tricky things comes in, you know, there's, there's one thing where we're dealing with saying something about a person online, but it then gets into a different realm when we talk about a business. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we forget that there are faces that are associated with a business. There are people that are associated with business. And, and, you know, so I want to spend the, the last time that we have here together talking about how do businesses deal with online conflict? Because we've seen this all the time. And whether you know you're you're a one person organization or you're you know something the size of of you know one of the big Fortune ten companies, mm-hmm. things happen online. And so let's start with the fact that there are still, and it just boggles me, companies that do not have social media policies mm-hmm. for their employees. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, and, and again, you know, no legal information dispensing here, but, you know, why is that important that it, that companies need to have social media policies? Well, two reasons, uh, both internal facing and external facing. The internal reason would be because it puts employees on alert to that. Guess what? Mm-hmm. The the company or organization does recognize the importance of how mm-hmm. you present yourself online uh, for purposes of uh, the organization's reputation and that mm-hmm. if an employee is going to work there for for example, they want them to reflect uh, the culture and the values very well. The military, which is obviously not a private organization, but the military, for example, has very strict standards. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. not even talking about not posting where you are in a in a, you know in a wartime, for example, your mm-hmm. exact mm-hmm. location. I'm just talking about behavior because it has to do with the ethics uh, and the morality of an organization. So, letting your employees know what you stand for—that's very, very important. You know, we're not going to mm-hmm. sit there and post drunk pictures of ourselves at the company mm-hmm. party that's not okay that sort of thing but it also allows that it also allows the public whether it's customers clients whatever the case may be or even critics you know to sit there or competitors to uh, to uh, 
let them know that guess what the organization cares about how right. it's presenting itself online it cares about the messages it's sending out and it cares about the way the the um the employees are acting so it has mm-hmm. it has um you know it's twofold there it's twofold right. there so i think that is really really important and um the best way to create a social media policy and there there's some good examples online uh, none of which come to mind right now unfortunately but <laughs> so please don't ask me i know i've seen them uh, but i i just can't think of them right now but the best way to write a social media policy is really it's not something you should just whip out in 5 minutes it really yeah. can't yes. be if it's going to have any teeth and 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 any value otherwise you're constantly updating it oh we forgot about this we forgot about that but you want to get your communications slash PR uh, representative, your highest person. Hopefully that person is at the, you know, the executive level, the VP level, mm-hmm. whatever the case is. Have them sit down and you need to get legal counsel as well. If you have, oh, definitely. If you have in-house, that's great. If not, then hire somebody. You need mm-hmm. to do that because obviously you can't, we were talking about freedom of speech earlier, you can't sit there and tell your employees not to do certain things. Um, right. There's a lot of things that they are allowed to do. Now, you can end up terminating them if you want to and saying that didn't reflect our company very well, but you can't say, well, wait a minute, you're not allowed to do X, Y, Z. So there's a lot of nuance in there that you really need to get PR counsel, communications counsel, and legal to sit down, craft a policy, and then it becomes an issue of sharing it with, obviously, your your entire staff and make sure that they mm-hmm. understand. And examples, too. You can't just say, okay, you're not allowed to do X, Y, Z because there will be uh, misinterpretation. What exactly can I say or not? Put put examples in there. So I think that is money well invested on an organization's perspective. And love to hear your thoughts on that, Deb. Well, for me, I also feel, and, and, you know, I had one of these careers in a former life where I did crisis management. Ah, okay. So, yeah. and yes, and, and for me, it is, you know, obviously it's, it's showing everything that you said, but it's also a CYA for the employer. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't tell them, well, you, I'm going to fire you because you posted X right. if you didn't have a policy against right. it. Um, you know, I many years ago worked in, an, and this was you know long before we really had a lot of all this technology. And worked for an organization, and we had our receptionist, who was this cute, sweet, nice girl, who didn't dress exactly professionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, you know, she she showed off her assets, shall we say, and she was the front person. Right. Well, the HR people went to her, said this is not appropriate. She was cute. She was smart. Mm-hmm. And she looked at them and she said, you don't have a policy against it. <laughs> yes. And and so they drafted the policy. Of course, then it went overboard. It was, you know, one of those almost, you know, you have to dress to the neck type of things. I was going to say, you have to dress and, like a nun in the habit. Yes, yes so. we were nuns. We were nuns. Um, and, but yeah, from the, the employer's perspective, you can't punish somebody. And, you know, this is like the, you know, parents know this. You can't tell your kids not to do something. And you're punishing them for it if you didn't tell them in the first place, you know, the, the, the guidelines. Exactly. And that that is the very practical side of that. Exactly. Um, and, and it's been interesting because if you go into organizations and they don't have a strong social media policy in place, they sit there and sometimes executives will say the executive leadership, oh, you know, just put something together, have HR and PR and, and legal do something and just I'll sign off on it. No, no, no. Right, right. It's actually got to be something you really think about. It really mm-hmm. think about what are the values that you want to, it, this goes you know, it's, it's in, in some ways, it's as important as the mission statement. Right, uh, right. You really have to think about what you want to represent and how you want to move forward. So mm-hmm. you need to put a lot of time and effort into that. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's an evolving document. Social media, you know, changes so frequently that you have to go back and, and look at things. And obviously laws change, um, you know, whether it's federal or, or state laws and, and things like that. But it, it, one of the big decisions also has to be almost the the who does it apply to? 
My philosophy is every single employee should be one of your advocates and one of your ambassadors. Mm -hmm. So you want them to always be positive, you know, and, and things like that about your company. But there are also organizations for a variety of reasons um, who say, no, these people are the only people who can can speak about it. And that's I'm not saying that's wrong. I mean, right. there are obviously reasons where you have to do that. Right. But think that through, you know, and and, you know, I mentioned the public safety official conference that I spoke at many of them for private safety, for all sorts of things are not permitted to say where they work. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and that makes perfect sense. And, and so, you know, they're posting officially, but then on their private stuff, they're not identifying with where they work. Mm -hmm. Well, people still know where they work. <laughs> you, right. know, you know that your, your, your neighbor is, is an officer or, you know, a firefighter or something like that. And so I tell them, you still have to keep that in mind. You know, they're, they're still looking at you for good information, for accurate information. And, you know, then you have disclaimers. You know, if, if you're posting unofficially on your Twitter page as yourself and not the company, just make it clear, you know, so that people know, okay, this is not official spokesperson, Betty Bob. This is Betty Bob in her private life. Or ex exactly. Or for example, on Twitter, um, what I have on, on my, my Twitter handle is basically saying, I think I have this. If not, I really need to do it after our show. <laughs> Retweets are not endorsements. I sometimes yes. tweet things that I find interesting. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I necessarily agree with it. But what if somebody then were to come up and see an um, employee's uh, tweet about something that goes against company policy or makes the company look bad. Well, I mean, you mm -hmm. kind of have to question the person's judgment then thinking, okay, you work there and you just posted something that doesn't make them look good. But I mean, it doesn't mean they necessarily agree with it. And that goes back to the point we were making earlier about digital literacy and about mm -hmm. social media policies and just generally thinking before you post. Right. Right. You know, and, and as, as we started to get into this, I thought, you know, we don't have enough time. Because I really want to have you come back and do an entire other program on just how businesses should be treating conflict on social media. Because clearly there's legal recourse. Some that sometimes it needs to be taken. You know, we can't be ostriches. We do have to realize that maybe I don't want to deal with it, but it's out there. <laughs> you know, I've had companies who've told me, well, we're not going to set up a Facebook page because we don't pe want people to say bad things. Right. And I, I just, I, I'm sorry, I'm about to burst out laughing. Here yes. Because you're right. If you don't, if you don't put your Facebook page out there, people will not talk about you, Right. Right. Is that right. the way the world works? They're not going to go yes. anywhere else and talk about you. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and then they've got the, well, if I don't respond, the issue will die away. Yeah, eh, that does, you know, sometimes that happens, but sometimes it also gains traction. Yeah. And so I'd love to have you on again so that we can really get into the meat of how businesses should deal with online conflict. Because we've been talking more about cyberbullying, about being irresponsible, about, you know, the personal things that we're doing. And, and of course, it's, it's funny, we're getting ready to go into a, a big political election time period. Oh, good. And anymore, <laughs> politics is 24-7, 365. I mean, you know, it's, it's just there. And, and that's what really gets me thinking about this, is you see people who post these things, and it's like, oh, holy cow. For one thing, it's not going to change my mind about who I'm going to vote oh, for. Oh, you already know. Um, see? That, that's I know, you know, and, and somebody's <laughs> post sharing from, you know, some disreputable source isn't going to make me change my mind. Now, it might make me think about yeah. it, so that's okay. I mean, you know, if it, if it makes me think about it, but, you know, it, it is one of those things where... Personally, we just have to, to realize the impact that we have and take responsibility for our actions. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Deb, how can I say no to that? <laughs> <laughs> I know we love talking about this. this is so exactly. Fun. How can I say no to that? And right now is is from a you know from a conflict management, crisis management, social media perspective, it is a very fascinating time. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, and I, I know we're just in our last couple of minutes here, but we've got, for example, we've got uh, Subway's problem with Jared. We've got uh, Cecil the Lion and the Minnesota Dentist. We've got Mm -hmm. Ashley Madison. Um, Just, you know, and and those are just three recent things that came out uh, Mm -hmm. in, I think, the last week or in the past month um, that are huge, huge problems for businesses in in different Mm -hmm. uh, ways. So, yeah, we should talk about that some other time. Right. Well, you know, we'll wrap up in in just a second. But before we do that, I want to make sure that you tell people how they find your information online. So tell tell folks where your presence is online. We are on Twitter um, at Civilian Nation. We are on Facebook under Civilian Nation. We are on the web, civilianation.org. Uh, where you will find our contact information. Uh, yeah, and and obviously I'm online as well. I you can find my Twitter handle a w e c k e r l e a weckerly, and you can chat with me there, or you can contact us via email, which is also posted on our website. Great. Well, and one of the other great things that you have on your website is a way to help people who have undergone cyberbullying. Um, so. Tell us just a little bit about that, because I think that's so important to to let people know that there are ways that they can help people who have had a problem. Well, what we what we try to do, and, and unfortunately, people are always asking, well, who are some of the people that you've assisted? Um, and, right. Can't say yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, they don't want to raise attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do a variety of things. We give them uh, we help them find resources and put mm-hmm. them in touch sometimes with attorneys, depending on what it is. But a lot of in a lot of cases, somebody doesn't have a legally actionable case. You know, it's more a mm-hmm. question of somebody was mean to me online. Uh, but we can also um, point them to resource of how to approach this. You know, whether we think that they should get um, mental health support, uh, whether they should go to the police. For example, we clearly do not dispense legal advice. We are right. not a law firm, so we can't do that. Um, or just try to. We've also worked with with people. And trying to assist them when something's happening online, how do you weather the storm? Because sometimes mm-hmm. the only thing they can do is weather the storm, you know, and mm-hmm. sit there and not exacerbate the problem by, let's say, reacting vehemently online. So there's a variety of things that, that we do with people. And um, again, we have spoken with people who are just everyday, uh, uh, you know, Janes and Joes, people with real life problems and also other ones that you've heard about in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are a resource for everyone. Right. And and I think what's very important to remember is if you've been the target of cyberbullying, you know, if you really do feel threatened, obviously there's, you know, steps that you need to take, but you know, there are other, you know, maybe somebody published your address when they shouldn't have. Maybe you're getting ready to go through what could be a nasty divorce right. or, you know, you got fired, things like that. There are steps that can be taken. And, and that's one of the, the great resources that you've got. Yeah. And, and there are important steps. Again, it all has to do with being mindful online, thinking long term and, mm-hmm. and protecting yourself in, ter- in terms of your privacy. Something that you had mentioned earlier, you know, your, your, your Facebook settings or what you post online or even even things. And I just want to mention this, even things about trying to not make your home address public. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, really important because it just takes one person who might not like you and might be upset about you to to sit there and post this address online. 
And that creates mm-hmm. all sorts of problems. Right. Well, good golly. We are at the top of the hour. It's it's amazing when I'm having these great conversations. I look at the clock and I'm like, oh, no, um, we could just go on about this. And like <laughs> I said, we will have you back on again. So one last time, how do they find you online? Civilination.org, C-I-V-I-L-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.org. Great. Well, I have been having an absolutely fabulous time talking about uh, talking with Andrea Weckerly about not only her book, but the actual real concept of civility in the digital age. And to everyone out there, have a great day. And I promise we'll have Andrea on again. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.